Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 284 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Thursday, November 15, 2012. On today's show, uh, a couple of uh, really cool topics to uh, talk to today. We have an interview today uh, with uh, my good friend, Dr. Deanna Willis. Uh, from Indiana, the immediate past president of the Indiana Academy of Family Physicians, and she wrote a book uh, that we will uh, talk about. And uh, what's even more cool about that is that uh, we'll talk about the uh, where the proceeds of the book will go. It is uh, what I call a international outreach project that she's very passionate about. We'll talk about that. Uh, and also during this show, we'll talk about uh, a, a social media campaign, uh, from my knowledge, the first ever social media campaign of the American Academy of Family Physicians during this month of November. It's called Give Thanks, and some of it's good and some of it's not so good. I will discuss. Uh, and also, uh, I will give you just a little bit of a, a insight on uh, last weekend's uh, meeting in Columbus. I'm a part of the uh, board of directors of the uh, Ohio Academy of Family Physicians, so we will talk just a little bit about some of the insights that I uh, that I had in uh, sitting in those uh, very uh, uh, meaningful and um, uh, very good discussions that we had in uh, Columbus uh, last week. Uh, so uh, we will have all of that. Uh, and a lot more, uh, episode 284 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast begins right now. medicine and social media this is the family medicine rock podcast i'm your host my name is mike savilla your favorite family physician host uh, what is the show about this show is about social media through the eyes of a family physician that's right i invite you to check out my digital library of stuff at familymedicinerocks.com and Shout out to all the people following me on Twitter, all 10,552 of you as of this second. And uh, thanks to all of you who also like the Facebook page for this show, all 615 of you. Thank you so much for that. Today is uh, Thursday, November 15, 2012. It is 11 p.m. Not 11 p.m. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters, wait for it, wait for it, that's because I'm not really prepared, uh, it feels like 38 degrees Fahrenheit, a nice chilly morning here in northeastern Ohio. And uh, how's your week there going there, kids out there? Uh, uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for your support of last week's show, show 283. Uh, which uh, all of you helped bolt me, launch me into the top ten uh, shows in the health category here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Uh, thank you so much uh, for that. And a lot of stuff uh, has been going on in the past uh, few days. Uh, today is uh, the Great American Smokeout, uh, and uh, really encouraging our patients again, some again, some uh, twice and three times and more than that, to stop smoking. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, information out there uh, on a lot of different places, especially AAFP.org. This, today is also a National Rural Health Day. I saw out there on Twitter. Uh, yesterday was uh, World Diabetes Day, and I believe I saw that out there on Twitter that this week is National Nurse Practitioners Week. Uh, and, of course, a week from today is Thanksgiving here in the United States. So a lot of things going on, uh, and I hope that your week uh, is going well. Uh, coming up in this show, uh, we'll be having an uh, interview uh, with a newer friend of mine, 
Dr. Deanna Willis. Uh, she's Associate Professor of Family Medicine at Indiana University School of Medicine. She's also the immediate past president of the Indiana Academy of Family Physicians, and she's also uh, newly named vice chair of the uh, family medicine department there at the uh, university. That's uh, some of her many hats uh, that she has, and her newest hat is author, uh, which we'll uh, talk about. And it was me, your humble host, that made her write a book, uh, and she'll talk (laughs) talk about that as well. Also during this show, I'm going to be talking about a unique thing uh, that uh, the mothership is doing. Uh, the American Academy of Family Physicians uh, responding to uh, membership uh, by uh, having a, a social media toolkit and also launching a, a social media awareness campaign about family medicine throughout the month of November uh, 2012 called the Give Thanks campaign. I'll be talking about that. Uh, some of the stuff I like and some stuff they could work on a little bit, but uh, I will give my feedback later in this show. Uh, and also at the end of the show here, just a little bit of insights uh, from last week's uh, meeting in Columbus uh, from the Ohio County Family Physicians Board meeting. We talked about uh, family medicine workforce. Workforce, what does that mean? That means, you know, um, are there going to be enough family docs out there to take care of all these people who uh, are going to have coverage now? I know some of you already know the answer to that, but uh, some interesting insights uh, of stuff that I was not aware of uh, because I'm just not that smart. <laughs> uh, but first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host here on this very network. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005. And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a family physician in full-time private practice, meaning I see patients five days a week in the hospital and in my office uh, here in beautiful but cold northeastern Ohio. Uh, So after all of that, I will take my break. And after the break here, we will have family physician and author, Dr. Deanna Willis. Uh, You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. Just Google FM Revolution for more details. And also a proud member of the ProMed Network, a podcast you can get there by going to ProMed Network. .com and we will be right back. the show that is the unstoppable force of uh, family medicine this is the family medicine rocks podcast my name is mike sabilla and um so uh, my guest uh, for today's show it is a recorded interview i recorded it uh, last week uh because dr willis this week as we speak uh, is on vacation with her family so uh, uh she was gracious enough to give me some time uh last week uh to uh, to talk about um her book um, and the project uh, behind the book. Uh, and uh, uh, I want to give everybody a chance to go to Amazon right now uh, to uh, search for this. Uh, it is called Mr. Darcy's Mistake, a Variation on Pride and Prejudice. That's right. <laughs> for those of you who were like me, would had to look up what those references were. Of course, it's from the Jane Austen classic, Pride and prejudice why did she write that book she will discuss during this interview but i am happy to announce that the book not only is in kindle version but it is also in paperback and uh, we will talk about that um, a lot and she's gotten a lot of uh, uh, good press about it uh, in the indianapolis indiana area uh, some interviews and some uh, newspaper interviews as well so without further ado we will uh, Go to our interview with Dr. Deanna Willis, uh, and here we go. So on the line with us uh, is my good friend. She, she's an author now. I'm so excited. My guest uh, is uh, Dr. Deanna Willis. Uh, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. 
Oh, thank you. It's great to talk to you. All right, so uh, well, I'm uh, so excited. Well, we'll talk about your book in a little bit, but, but I, you know, obviously we're family docs. We're we're excited about it, and uh, and part of the show is, is for me to kind of exhibit that. So, so Dr. Wallace, as we start out here, you know, what's uh, you know what's cool about your job? You know, what, what what do you love about family medicine starting out? I think one of the really things that I really love about family medicine is kind of the ability to connect with people over time and as an extended family. So. I really think about some of the most powerful um, thoughts that I have about my career and my practice really has to do with families and groups of patients that I followed um, as a family unit for many years. And and that really kind of makes me feel like I have a, a role in changing their health and their health outcomes and really understanding how their lives are impacted by their health and their health care decisions are impacted by their lives and I can help guide them to help you to choices because I have a better understanding of that. And can you talk a little bit about your uh, practice situation? Uh, are, are you in a small city? Are you in a big city? Are you in a big group of uh, docs? Can you describe a little bit about your uh, practice situation? Sure. So I actually um, was in private practice for a while in kind of an affluent suburb, and then I took over as medical director of a community health center and did that for a number of years. And then um, for the last um, several years I've actually been at the university in the faculty practice there um, seeing patients as part of the faculty practice. So I, I've run the gamut of practice situations and the really neat thing is that some of the neatest and most wonderful relationships I've had with my patients are ones where my patients have actually followed me from practice to practice and, and I really know their family and all their extended family and take care of everyone in the unit. And one of the cool things about family medicine is, is that a lot of different roles um, in, in family medicine, and not only do you do clinical practice, but you do a lot of administrative type things, and, and uh, especially when it comes to um, you know, quality. And, and now you're you're the vice chair of the family medicine department. That's, that's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really do a lot of a lot of different things. It's kind of a running joke in our family that. My husband's not even exactly sure what I do, and maybe my secretary's the only one who really knows what I do. Um, but I, I do. I do a lot of work with quality for the hospital system and um, and patient engagement and and, uh, and working in, in cultural competency with the medical students and, and doing medical education research and, and seeing patients. So really kind of the entire breadth of academic family medicine, and I do it, and I love it, and every day I go to work, different and new and exciting, and I, I get so excited about all the, the neat things that I get to do every day. Uh, and speaking of your many hats, uh, we, we, we met about uh, probably about a year and a half ago um, when you were uh, inducted as the president of the Indiana Academy of Family Physicians, and uh, I was presenting out there, and uh, uh, it, it, that's just a great organization, and I'm so excited uh, for the uh, for the organization with, uh, with Dr. Cliff Knight being elected from uh, from your state to to the uh, AAFP board of directors, that's got to be very exciting for the uh, for the organization. Yeah, we are really excited about that as well. And you know, Cliff is just such an amazing guy and such a great leader, and he is is just so passionate about family medicine and so capable that. Um, I, I really think that he's going to help do wonderful things for the academy, and we're really excited about his new role. And and um, and I, I think that um, everyone in the nation can be really excited about that as well. And I have to say that I'm also really excited about your emerging role as this um, leader in social media and family medicine. And um, I totally remember your talk and the fact that you packed out the house um, for that talk and have done that repeatedly everywhere else. So thank you for everything that you do as well. Oh, thank you. I, thank you for the invitation to, to come and uh, come and speak. I was kind of in the early days of speaking. I was still trying to perfect my art. But a lot of great people out there, a, a lot of great friends out there that, that I've met uh, through the years in Indiana, not only the docs out there, but the, the fabulous staff that works out there for the uh, organization. And uh, uh, I'm sorry I wasn't able to get out there uh, this year, but uh, I know in future years I'll, I'll make the time to, to get out there because you guys put on a great meeting, and uh, it, it's always a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a great meeting this year as well. In fact, we had um, we 
had uh, the uh, the Bob the Robert Graham Center come. We had um, uh, you know Bob Phillips come and, and talk, and uh, we were really blessed that our dean from our medical school came um, and listened to Bob talk, as well as one of our state representatives and one of our U.S. representatives. So some really exciting um, people in the audience to hear what Bob had to say about family medicine and the pipeline for family medicine and how the emerging trends in the healthcare system will affect family medicine and how family medicine can play an important role in creating change in the healthcare system. So really some, some great words from the Robert Grant Center and also some, some people in, in important positions for Indiana listening to that conversation. Uh, my guest on the line is uh, Dr. Deanna Willis, uh, family medicine, uh, family physician extraordinaire, uh, and also uh, uh, author uh, of the book uh, Mr. Darcy's Mistake, a variation on Pride and Prejudice. Go to Amazon right now with the Kimball book uh, and uh, go purchase that. And, and we're gonna we'll dive into that a little bit. And, and before we kind of get into the the, to the intricacies of the book, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about the origins of it. You know, have you always wanted to write a book in general, or did you always kind of write, you know, essays or diaries, or is, is writing uh, something that's coming natural to you, or was this something a whole new project? Well, this is a whole new project, and you are totally going to laugh and think this is cheesy, and you're probably not going to believe me, but um, about a year and a half ago, you put on your Facebook page, today is write a novel day, and for whatever that's reason... Right. I decided that why not write a novel, and so I did. And I kid you not, it was shortly thereafter that I started Chapter One. <laughs> uh, and uh, what she's referring to is, is, is our friends uh, for this is November, uh, National Novel Writing Month. And uh, as a joke every year, because uh, I have all my friends say, Mike, you should you should you should take the the the, the month of November and write a novel, and I tell them no, and then I think it was on my Facebook page or on my Twitter or something like that that I always commemorate November first, and then DD just said, hey, I'm going to write a novel. <laughs> that is crazy. I can't believe that. Well, there you go. It's the impact of social media and the impact of Mike Sevilla. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so before we get into the kind of the contents of it, I did, I did want to bring out, you know, you know, uh, you know, why you wrote this book and the and the proceeds, and you know, where where are the proceeds going to be going to this book, and and, and why is that important to you? Yeah, and this is really my driving passion. So, um, my daughters, I have two daughters adopted from China. They are nine and six, and one of my life goals has always been to and tie together my passion and our family commitment to um, being a part of Chinese culture and having Chinese culture as a part of our life to my career. And so my husband and I, um, as faculty members of the School of Medicine, have had the, the uh, liberty to kind of start to think about how to do that. And we've um, taken on being the faculty who um, arrange and grow the relationship with the medical schools in China. And we actually have about four students from Indiana University School of Medicine every year that go to Sun Yat-sen University in Guangzhou, China. And um, uh, eight to ten, soon to be 24 potentially, uh, students from Sun Yat-sen University who come to IU to do clinical rotations. And so we've done that. We've been a part of the Chinese community in Indiana, um, and particularly the Chinese community of families with children from China. And so I said, gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful, as much interest as there is in medical students of doing work overseas and service learning, if someday I could take a group of medical students to work at orphanages in China. And um, I just happened to to think of this and got to talking with different people and realized that one of the faculty members at our school has a daughter adopted from China as well, and this faculty member happens to be a developmental pediatrician. And so we started talking and and said, you know, there are a lot of special needs kids or children with special health care needs in the orphanages in China, and um, couldn't we take take some medical students and teach them how to do developmental exams on the children with special health care needs? Couldn't we help the students become more comfortable with uh, children with special health care needs? And wouldn't that help their medical education and at the same time provide a service for the orphanages? And so we have worked tirelessly for the last year and a half to 
get an elective set up, and we are actually going to be taking a group of medical students in June of 2013 with us to orphanages in China um, to do exactly that. And it is just really exciting. We um, went and just finished a visit in October to an orphanage in Hubei province where we're going to be taking the students. They have 170 children with special health care needs. We saw 70 to 100 of those um, when we were there in October. And just amazing group of people working in the orphanage, the leadership of the orphanage, the province officials, very supportive of wonderful efforts to care for these kids and give them everything that they need and, and still trying to be good stewards of the resources that they have and the limited resources that they have. And uh, so we're excited to be able to take some more resources to them. And so this book, I thought about, you know, I, I realized how um, that it was a significant amount of royalty that I was going to be making on this book, even with limited sales, and thought, is there a way that I could use this to help that? And so uh, actually donating the proceeds of the book to this project where we're taking these medical students to this orphanage, and um, we can use the proceeds in a variety of ways, um, everything from funding the transport of medical equipment like wheelchairs, so we measure kids for wheelchairs while we're there, and then we get people to donate the wheelchairs, but we still have to ship the wheelchairs, and that's not inexpensive, and so um, shipping supplies to China, um, as well as, um, you know, potentially helping provide scholarships for medical students to go on the trip, so really exciting. Um, I had my last uh, look at my royalties, it looks like I'm on track to earn about $8,000 so far from the book sales, and, and so really some powerful things that we can do with that money. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of people who, who've done international uh, work before, and, and uh, you know, for the listeners out there, can, can you kind of you know, paint the picture of, of what it is like out there and, and what the conditions are? And, of course, they, you know, everybody has kind of the worst-case scenario. Can you, can you kind of paint the picture and, and take us into what it's like to be there and to work in that community there? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting in China because um, there's a lot of technological capability, but at the same time there's not necessarily a lot of dispersion of um, that technology. And so while there is some incredible and top-notch care that is being delivered in China, um, there also is um, sometimes not um, good penetration of that care, um, uh, that specialized care throughout throughout the country. And so um, especially for kids with special health care needs, there may only be a couple of surgeons in the country that do um, the type of surgery that they need or the care that they that, that provide the care that they need. And so um, trying to help the caregivers in the orphanage identify which kids need to go to the specialized children's hospitals in the big city, trying to help them identify which kids can be cared for locally, trying to help them identify which kids actually need specialized medical attention and which kids can can actually benefit from training of the orphanage staff workers um, and providing that training. So so really feeling like we're providing kind of a, a, a diagnostic service of helping the, the orphanage staff and leadership understand how they can most effectively use their resources to make sure that every kid gets what they need, but at the same time being good stewards of those resources. Um, I guess on the line is the immediate past president and board chair of the Indiana Academy of Family Physicians, uh, Dr. Deanna Willis. And uh, go to Amazon right now and uh, and check out her book. It's called uh, Mr. Darcy's Mistake, A Variation on Pride and Prejudice. And let's kind of uh, go into the book here a little bit. So you're a little bit obsessed with this Jane Austen book. or what, what, Can you tell me a little bit about this, uh, what's going on here, man? Yeah, so I've, I've, I don't know why, but I, I, so I kind of started watching. Uh, this is typical story of a lot of women in my demographic. So we watched the BBC miniseries with Colin Firth. We said, we, we, you know, had our hearts beat a little faster. And then we watched the Kira Knightley version and thought, you know, see, this story is just timeless and lovely. And no matter who's in it, it's, it's a great love story. And and so um, kind of got interested in reading a genre of books that was developing around the time called Variations, where you take the characters and you put them in a different storyline or you take the original storyline and you kind of branch it in a different direction. And, and so started reading those as they came out and, and pretty soon got a pretty big collection of them. I think I've read most of the books in the genre, if not all. 
Um, and so then I started thinking about, well, gosh, I wonder why nobody ever thought about this part of the storyline, or I wonder why they didn't ever do that to the characters. Um, and so then I just thought, well, why don't I tell that story and try to try my hand at it? So that's where the book came along. <laughs> Well, that's great. Um, and uh, uh, let me talk to you a little bit about kind of the process because I, I get a lot of questions about you know books and things. And and uh, so so did you like did you, did you write the whole thing and then kind of go back and kind of edit it? Or can you talk to me a little bit about kind of your editing process for the book? Uh, sure. So I um, interestingly am a quality person, right? So I actually wrote a flow diagram for the plot. I sat down and there's nice. something in quality improvement called a, a swim lane diagram. And so I actually did a swim lane diagram where you have each of the characters in a lane and you follow them over time and, and then see how they interact and where the handoffs occur. And so I actually used the swim lane diagram to plot out my plot and see how the characters and the storyline was going to interact. Um, over time, and, and then I kind of numbered each of those and, and those things in sequence and then uh, decided, well, gosh, each of those would be a nice chapter, and so then I just started writing the chapters as I traveled, and so usually I write when I was on planes, and so um, when I was on a plane, I'd write a chapter and, and then uh, put it in sequence, and then lots of rereads and reading and trying to get friends to read it and getting their feedback incorporated, and one of my friends read it, and I totally did a rewrite on the ending, and um, so, yeah, just trying to work and rework it to get it to flow nicely once once you've gotten it down on paper. Well, was it difficult to, uh, you know, get it all submitted to the Kindle store and all that kind of stuff? It is so easy. I cannot even tell you how easy it is. It is as simple as taking your Amazon account and going to the to the Kindle Direct Publishing site and uploading the file and setting a price and saying go and 48 hours your book's for sale. It's unbelievably easy. <laughs> uh, and it uh, it ended up in, in the top ten of uh, uh, on on Amazon in the, in the romance category. It looks like, and you already said that you had about eight thousand uh, dollars of sales uh, from the book. What, what kind of uh, feedback have you gotten from people and readers and about the book? Yeah, so you know it is interesting. I was in the um, new release bestseller the whole time I was listed as a bestseller, um, and I was able to get up to number three thousand and something in the Kindle store. So. You know, go 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 to Amazon and, and uh, write a review over there, and uh, uh, you know, let us know how uh, what you think of it. And you know, and, and, and it being November again, uh, Dee Dee, have you started your second book yet? <laughs> I started kind of thinking through the storyline. I'm actually thinking of a modern Doctor Darcy because I figured at least I would know the know the culture and the context. So we'll see. Um, and the uh, and the trip for the medical students is going to be in the summer of 2013. Is that right? That's right. We're taking the medical students in June of 2013. So more to come on that as well. 
Um, so are, are there going to be uh, other than the book and, and maybe the, the, the second book, uh, I would presume, is there, is there other ways for people to kind of um, you know, support or donate to, to this project uh, coming up? Uh, that's a great question, um, and I haven't had that question yet. But, uh, yes, we actually are working with a not-for-profit here in the state, and uh, anyone who wants to, to contact me, I can get them in touch with that group so that they can help contribute to um, to our project of, of the, taking the medical students there. And, and really kind of thinking about how this project can help family medicine. Um, most of the work that's been done, the research that's been done on um, on attitudes about learners towards children with special health care needs have been done by family docs around the country. And so uh, we're really trying to look at how to formally assess learner attitudes towards children with special health care needs and seeing if by exposing them and training them with some skills um, early in their career that we can make them more comfortable with children with special health care needs and therefore um, get people interested in family medicine and equipping the future family docs with skill sets to take care of uh, children with special health needs and adults with um, diseases of childhood, chronic diseases of childhood as they age, because who's better prepared to do that than family doctors? That's great. That's great. Yeah, my, my last question for you uh, is, uh, you know, it has to do with family medicine and things. And, uh, you know, as we kind of close our interview here, uh, uh, you know, let, let the people know out there, you know, what, you know why do you think, Dr. T.D. Willis, that, that, that uh, America needs a family physician? Why the, the, the citizens of this country need family medicine? Why is family medicine important? You know, I think that there's no other discipline that, really kind of takes into context the family unit as part of the healthcare decision partner and really kind of under, works to understand the social and cultural context of the patient and how that impacts their decision. And there's no discipline um, that's better trained to make the, to guide the healthcare decisions in light of um, the patient's participation in care and their family units participation in those healthcare decisions. So I really think that our, our community and our public health focus, as well as our focus on um, social and behavioral sciences, really makes family doctors the best equipped to make a difference in the outcomes for patients, as well as the effectiveness of how resources are used, because we are the best equipped to guide those decisions. All right, there we go, because that's uh, the immediate past president of the Indiana Academy of Family Physicians, Dr. Deanna Willis. Go go to Kindle right now. Go go to Amazon right now. Buy the Kindle book. It's called Dr. Excuse me, Dr. Mr. Darcy's Mistake, a variation on Pride and Prejudice. It'll be on the Family Medicine Rocks uh, website. Uh, Dee Dee, thank you so much for the time. I, I, I want to bring you back on the show as we get closer to uh, next summer uh, to talk about this project more because I'd like to help in any way that I can, and I think it's going to be very exciting not only for you but for the students who are going to be going on this elective. Uh, thank you so much for the time today. Well, that's awesome, and maybe we can get one of those students on there with me as well. Very good. All right, we'll be right Thanks, back Mike. on the show. All right, we're back live, uh, and uh, that's such a fun interview. So, so if you, if you didn't already figure out, she was in her car. She's so busy that, that she gave me uh, a time when she was uh, commuting uh, somewhere, uh, and uh, that that was, uh, I believe, I believe the first uh, in-car uh, interview. <laughs> uh, and, and I believe she was hands-free, kids. So you know, don't don't worry, you know, about her being distracted on the road. Uh, but uh, thanks again to uh, to my guest, uh, Dr. Deanna Willis, uh, family physician and author um, of the book, uh, Mr. Darcy's Mistake, A Variation on Pride and Prejudice. And I saw on her Facebook um, link today uh, that um, the paperback version is also uh, available on Amazon. Uh, so we'll go and not only not only uh, you know purchase the book because it goes to a, a great cause uh, to her work um, working with orphanages in China and uh, it's going to be fascinating to see uh, those medical students uh, go uh, next summer uh, and yeah I think it's a great idea to uh, to maybe interview one of those uh, students uh, before they go and uh, maybe get their impressions or get their um, uh, uh, expectations of, of what they hope to uh, learn from the entire experience um, next uh, summer, summer of uh, 2013. 
so that was a very exciting. Event. I, I always, uh, you know, I, uh, enjoy uh, you know, talking to family docs who who do a lot of different things, including uh, write books and be authors uh, and things. And she has a, a fascinating and a inspiring uh, story. Uh, to share, and uh, one thing that we did not uh, talk about is, is that uh, she wrote under a, a pen name, uh, and her pen name is a D.D. D. Um, Schomburger. Uh, so uh, that, that was we didn't get I didn't get to ask her why. Maybe when we bring her back on the show, we'll ask her the, the origins of the of the pen name uh, for the uh, for the book. Uh, so uh, uh, so thanks again. Go go and uh, right now and. Uh, uh, purchase the book, download the book, write a review on it, um, and we will bring Dee Dee back on the show um, in the next year uh, as the uh, as the project and as the summer gets closer. Uh, so we will take a break here, and after the break, um, I will talk about the uh, AAFP social media campaign called uh, well, they officially call it "Thankful for the Specialty of Family Medicine." They're using the uh, the hashtag. Uh, give thanks, and uh, I will be uh, talking about that coming up right after uh, this short break here on the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. This is episode 284. That's right. I have not been canceled. 284 episodes. My name is Mike Savilla, and uh, we will be right back after this. <laughs> to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. This is Social Media Through the Eyes of a Family Physician. My name is Mike Sibilla, and uh, check out the website at familymedicinerocks.com. Uh, you, you can, it also gives you access to all of my social media projects, including Twitter and Facebook and a lot of other things. Uh, so let's uh, dive into this here, kids. So uh, um, our good friends at the American Academy of Family Physicians, I know they're listening uh, so uh, how you doing out there today? We love you here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters. And, hey, you know, they uh, launched a, a social media campaign. Uh, just go to aafp.org, and I'm reading from a uh, press release uh, from November 2, 2012, and it goes like this. The AAFP is asking members passionate about family medicine, maybe they're talking about me, <laughs> to participate in a social media outreach campaign throughout the month of, our, of November that is designed to promote family medicine, family physicians, and their practices to their patients and the general public on social media channels. The campaign, which is called Thankful for the Specialty of Family Medicine, was developed in response to a revolution, <laughs> revolution, <laughs> to a resolution from the 2012 AEFP National Conference of Special Constituencies meeting, which I was at, uh, that called on the AEFP to develop a toolkit uh, to help members market and promote family medicine via social media. It allows members to give thanks for what they love the most about being a family physician. In response, the Academy has developed a social media toolkit for family physicians that provides tools to help them get started with the campaign. The toolkit contains the following. One, a downloadable, ready-to-use campaign graphic that members can adopt as their profile picture onto Facebook and Twitter during November. Number two, it also provides user guidelines that explain the basics of social media and how to set up a Facebook and Twitter account. And number three, uh, it also has a sample Facebook post and Twitter tweet from AAFP Connection that can be personalized that refer to the public, uh, that refer the public to information about family medicine from the AAFP and on family doctor 
Facebook.org. An example of a Facebook post that's suggested by the campaign is the following. Uh, choosing a specialty uh, is kind of like Thanksgiving. I chose family medicine because I only, I only, I enjoy caring for all body parts, not just legs, thighs, necks, or livers. Family physicians provide integrative health care by treating the whole person in the context of an ongoing physician-patient relationship. I'm not talking turkey. That's right. That's from the mothership there. Here's another one. I'm thankful to be a family physician because I get care, get to care for patients of all ages, entire families, and people from all walks of life. Relationships are the cornerstone of family medicine. If I had to do it over again, I wouldn't change a thing. Moving on to Twitter, of course, they're less verbose. Here's an example. I chose family medicine because I care. Oh, that's the same thing. Uh, uh, Family physicians, uh, for all of your stuffing, happy Thanksgiving, hashtag give thanks. As a family doc, I cherish relationships with patients, staff, medical students, and residents, hashtag give thanks. Do what you love, love what you do. I love family medicine. Hashtag give thanks. So if you're an AFP member, if you haven't seen this yet, go to AFP.org, and you may have to hunt around there a little bit, maybe put give thanks in the search thing and uh, find it. You'll have to go to the uh, closed-off social media network called um, AFP Connection. Uh, and uh, there you can uh, download a bunch of files that were uh, prepared uh, for members. So one of them is a, a graphic, um, and another of them is, is a, uh, a list of suggested Facebook updates and tweets that you can use. And uh, eh, you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't bad. Here, here's the good of this, and uh, I'll start out with that. Uh, I, I think it's very cool. Uh, I think it's great uh, that the uh, Academy, that the AAFP, was responsive to its members uh, in, in um, uh, uh, delivering a social media toolkit uh, and to put you know, on this campaign through the month of November. Um, I think it's very cool that they uh, came up uh, with these Facebook updates and uh, tweets um, because, you know, I talked to a lot of docs and said, I, have, I don't know what to tweet. I don't know what to update on my Facebook. Uh, what is this all about? Um, so I appreciate the uh, voluminous uh, number of suggestions that people can personalize, and I definitely um, understand that. And, and I think this is a, a good first step uh, for the Academy uh, to try to uh, utilize social media uh, in a uh, – um, in an open way towards the entire membership. I know one of the things that is very difficult about kind of social media campaigns uh, is how to scale it up and how to be inclusive and how to reach people. Um, I know a lot of people even hate the term social media campaign because they think that it is uh, something that uh, is an archaic term. Uh, People are trying to apply um, kind of paper uh, marketing uh, concepts to digital marketing concepts, which I think, which I think is not a very accurate thing. But you know, overall, I think this is a, a very good effort, first effort by the uh, AFP to uh, to try to get the uh, get the message out there. Now, here are the bad things. But the bad things are, I hope, I hope the National Academy, I hope the AAFP is not using this. Uh, quote-unquote social media campaign as a test to see uh, if members uh, use social media uh, because um, I think that this campaign was kind of um, kind of sprung on us. Um, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people heard about it, um, and uh, I think because a lot of people haven't heard about it, uh, you're probably not going to be seeing a lot of these tweets and Facebook updates out there. I think there could have been a little bit better uh, way to get the message out uh, to let people know about this. Um, 
and and you know what what I have seen before, and and you know there are some people inside the academy who will remain nameless, uh, who uh, let me know that this is going to happen and give me some heads up about it. Um, but uh, um, I I think that if there was maybe a little bit more of a concerted effort uh, to contact the um, the the people uh, the uh, I guess that the uh, uh, first adopters for the people who are really passionate about uh, social media to try to coordinate them a little bit and say, Hey, this is coming. Um, just FYI, uh, we would uh, uh, really uh, appreciate uh, you using uh, your megaphone out there on social media to help the Academy uh, with this uh, project. I think uh, moving on in the future, um, I think that they will uh, learn from this and, and be able to, to uh, to say, hey, you know, when, when you market uh, in a digital fashion, it is a lot different uh, than marketing in uh, the analog and paper world. Um, you know, the analogy that I use is that, you know, one of the strengths of, you know, family physicians is that, you know, obviously we take care of children, but we do not treat children like they are small adults. Uh, they have very unique needs. Uh, they have uh, very unique um, uh, conditions that go on, and I think that happens. Uh, it's a bad analogy, but but how you use kind of traditional non-digital marketing, uh, those concepts and ideas are a lot different than when you go into a digital um, sphere in a digital environment, uh, and not that I am a you know a digital marketing expert. Uh, but it's just my experience and, and people that try to use those same concepts in the digital world, uh, they do not uh, succeed very, uh, very well. Uh, as far as the graphic, um, I, I saw the graphic that they are asking uh, members to adopt as their Facebook uh, profile picture and their Twitter avatar. Um, I, I looked at the uh, graphic. Um, I didn't really understand the graphic. There is nothing on there that says uh, – give thanks. There's nothing on there that says AAFP. There's nothing on there that says family medicine. There's nothing on there that says Thanksgiving. Uh, And uh, when I kind of blind tested this with some of my non-physician colleagues, I said, if when you see this image, what does it remind you of? And they didn't really give me any kind of answer. So so, so if if people put this on their Facebook and Twitter avatars, um, what is it, is it really going to achieve the goal of raising awareness of family medicine? I think not. I think it's just going to confuse people. Um, but, you know, that's just a, this is a, a constructive criticism, uh, you know, to, to, to give people as, 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 as you go forward with these type of uh, campaigns. So, so, so I hope that people don't take this personally. People don't take this negatively. Um, as I have always said, I, I give comments on this show uh, because you know, I have I have no connection with AAFP other than being a concerned member. <laughs> uh, I am a, 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 a unpaid consultant. Uh, it is just my point of view in saying, hey, this is my experience uh, in, uh, in 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 being part of some of these uh, awareness campaigns uh, in the past, and uh, I know with the next one. That it is, you know, a more of a learning curve, and, and they will uh, uh, they will improve upon it. So, so overall, I know people are, you know, after they listen to this, they're going to say, Mike, you know, Mike Savilla says this, you know, AFP campaign sucks and it's horrible. That is not the case at all. Um, my, my goal is is to try to, to to help raise awareness of this and to try to improve it um, in, in the future. Uh, something that that, that I did. Uh, this past weekend uh, in Columbus at the uh, Ohio Academy uh, uh, committee meetings uh, was that I stole an idea from our friends at Primary Care Progress, uh, and, and I made the, the AAFP Give Thanks campaign a, a photo campaign as well for some of my friends uh, at the Ohio chapter, and uh, that we took some pictures and, and said that, you know, Ohio Academy, uh, give thanks, bye, uh, and that was a fun little thing, uh, especially people who did not hear about the uh, Primary Care Progress campaign uh, in the past. They took some pictures. They had some smiles. And if you want to go to Facebook, 
uh, and uh, go to the Ohio Academy of Family Physicians Facebook page or some of the pictures that you can see there. That was a fun type of thing, too. Um, another thing that, that, you know, that, that I really want to stress and emphasize for any kind of awareness campaign, advocacy campaign, social media campaign, whatever you want to do with it, you have to make it simple. You have to make it fun. Uh, and you have to make it easy. Uh, something like your host. I don't know what that means. Uh, so, but if you want to try to do that, <laughs> that is how you can you can get success with some of these uh, social media campaigns. So, so again, you know, kudos to the American Academy of Family Physicians, you know, for responding to their membership. They have a nice toolkit. Uh, this social media campaign is going to be going on for another you know week or so, or till the end of the month. And if you're an AAFP member out there, I encourage you encourage you to you know utilize facebook utilize twitter uh to say hey you know uh, you know um, say how thankful you are being a family physician you, you probably have seen a lot of this going on this month on facebook already a lot of people have, are taking part in this 30 days of thanks uh they're putting one nice thing on facebook uh, every day this is not an academy thing this is something that i just saw out there beginning on november 1st uh some people on twitter are doing that uh, as well 30 days of thanks. Uh, so, so I, I like how, you know, there, you know, people are using social media for these type of things. You know, social media is not, is not, is not about what you're having for breakfast. Okay, kids, you can use social media to raise awareness. You can use social media for advocacy. You can use social media uh, to um, spread information uh, and, and those are the strengths of, of social media, and, and uh, we're really starting to see people, you know, use this in these very effective uh, ways. And that's something that, that uh, going into 2013, I'm very excited about uh, next year coming on because I, I really think that, you know, we're really, really getting, you know, more and more closer to this critical mass, especially in the academy, especially in family medicine, family medicine revolution. Uh, where where family physicians, primary care, uh, can really utilize social media channels to uh, spread the message that they want to spread. Uh, basically, that primary care and family medicine, you know, are the key to change the American healthcare system. All right, so I will take another break here, and uh, we'll have a short segment uh, after this, and uh, I will uh, be uh, talking about uh, just a couple of things from uh, from Columbus last weekend, from the uh, American Academy, from the Ohio Academy of Family Physicians board meeting. Uh, had a nice, uh, interesting discussion about uh, primary care uh, and the family medicine workforce. Uh, what does that mean? I will discuss um, after the break. Uh, you're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is uh, Mike Sabella. Go to FamilyMedicineRocks.com, and uh, I will be right back after this. Welcome to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to listen to the show here uh, today. I very, very much appreciate that. My name is Mike Sabilla. And uh, last weekend uh, in the great city of Columbus, Ohio, um, had a nice discussion. I'm on the board of directors uh, of the Ohio Academy of Family Physicians. And we talked about a number of issues. Uh, and, and one of the issues that's been floating around um, in the family medicine and primary care circles is this. You know, however you feel about the Affordable Care Act or the Accountable Care Act, uh, Obamacare, whatever you want to call it, uh, with the election results, um, it is not going away. And uh, it is something that's going to be there. And as these other deadlines come about, um, as far as uh, exchanges and this and that, um, you know, it, it's getting more and more evident that um, – getting more and more evident that um, that people 
going to be a lot more people in this healthcare system. And they're going to need doctors to take care of these patients out there. And, you know, can primary care and can family medicine in its present state absorb all of those patients? Of course, the answer is no, we cannot do that. So how do you generate or how do you get more primary care physicians out there and why why is this happening? And, and we had a nice little discussion uh, during our meeting. I'm not going to use any names. Uh, and some of, these, some of these things people know about already, especially in primary care and um, family medicine circles. You know, a lot of discussions you know, are, are around, you know, that there are, are perceptions out there, especially at the medical school level, uh, and at all levels, you know, that there's a lot of burnout that goes on. And, and students see this with primary care and family docs, and they're like, I don't want to do that. There are students out there that see kind of a lack of technology in primary care and uh, family medicine. And I'm not talking about, you know, if you're seeing EHRs. They're seeing, they're seeing docs that do procedures. They're seeing docs that do procedures that make more money than what primary care and family medicine sees. And there's a lot of debt out there. There's a lot of student debt out there, and there's a lot of students out there. They're not stupid. They do the math, and they say, you go into a specialty, then, yeah, you know, uh, I'm not going to have as, uh, as much debt for as long of a time. Go to primary care and family medicine, that's what it's going to be. So not only is that, is there's this culture that happens at the medical school level, and it happens at all levels, not just in the dean's office. You know, it, it happens at, at the administrative level. It happens at the grassroots level. And it's been happening since the specialty started. You know, that docs out there, um, and a lot of people out there saying, you know, you're too smart to be a family doc. You're too dumb to be a family doc. How can you, you know, why would you want to think about being a family doc? Because you can be so much better than that. And that's about culture. And, and I'm not sure how to, how to change that, but that is something that is out there. That is something that people know about. And, you know, talking to a lot of, you know, people in medical, medical education because, you know, obviously I'm not in medical education. Um, you know, I'm a, I, I work in an office. I take care of patients. I don't, I don't, I don't look at that. I don't, you know, I have an interest in it, but I, I'm not into the day-to-day of that. Uh, but I, I want to learn more about it. And, you know, they, when they talk about, you know, having changes in the medical school curriculum, you know, how to do that, how, how to get students more exposure to primary care and family medicine, uh, to let them know that these are the benefits of it and, and getting them exposed to positive preceptors, positive mentors out there, how to go about doing that, because sometimes it is very difficult to, to, try, to, to try to get that done. So I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot of that. And one of the things that came out of the discussion was that it does come back down to the legislature. It does come back to, you know, um, government, you know, at the state and uh, uh, federal level, you know, when it comes to payment reimbursement, um, that is kind of where the lack of respect comes about. Um, and, And to come at that, from a different perspective. To come at that from saying, you know, we need to be paid for, uh, to the perspective of, you know, who's going to take care of all of those patients who have access to health care now? Who is going to take care of them? Is it going to be the specialist? No. It's going to be primary care. It's going to be family medicine. So how can you help, how can you, meaning state and federal government, how can you help primary care succeed at that? That is a very interesting question. That is, an, that is a question that never really occurred to me until, you know, that was said and I was driving home a long, long 
three-hour drive home from the state capitol. And I never really thought of it that way. You know, to turn the question around and saying, you know, rather than saying we deserve X, Y, and Z, you just approach them and saying who is going, who, state and federal government, who is going to take care of these patients? It's going to be primary care and family medicine. So how is the government going to help that succeed? Because obviously the federal government wants to see the Accountable Care Act, the Affordable Care Act to succeed. They want Obamacare to succeed. And if they want to do that, then they have to support primary care. They have to support family medicine. And uh, now I'm starting now. Now I'm starting to really learn kind of some of the intricacies that I never really wanted to learn about before, <laughs> about how this stuff is going to happen. So I'm sorry about all this rambling, but but I kind of had my own little kind of epiphany over the weekend and saying, you know, hey, this is – if you if you take the problem from a different angle or from a, a a different point of view, then uh, ideas start to come up, and uh, it's interesting how all of that happens. All right, kids. So uh, I'm sorry if that last part of the show that was rambling, but uh, I wanted to try to share that, and hopefully I wasn't too bumbling around uh, with that at the end of today's show. Uh, so to kind of sum up here, thanks again uh, to my guest at the top of the show, Dr. Deanna Willis uh, from uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. She has a book uh, and um, has a, a very, very cool project of going to China next summer, taking some medical students, and uh, you know, hopefully you know, you'll be able to support that because I think that is that is very cool. Um, and part two of our show had to do with our good friends at the American Academy of Family Physicians and their uh, Give Thanks social media campaign, the first of many campaigns, I hope, uh, from the Academy, because uh, uh, social media not only is the future, um, it is the present. And uh, that is, uh, uh, and, you know, as always, you know, if, if anybody needs any help on, on social media, I think, you know, I think I know somebody. <laughs> Just to give my little two cents worth on how to how to help things along there. So, uh, but that's our show here uh, for uh, today. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. My name is uh, Mike Savilla, and um, uh, go to FamilyMedicineRocks.com, and that gets you access to all of my social media projects, including uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook and this audio podcast. Um, and my YouTube page um, and LinkedIn, I am uh, all over the place. <laughs> People wonder how I'm all over the place. I wonder how I'm all over the place uh, as well. So uh, thank you so much uh, for joining me. And, uh, yeah, obviously, if you have any feedback at all, you know, let me know. Uh, go to FamilyMedicineRocks.com, go to the comment section there, and uh, leave me a comment uh, right there. So we, as we end the show, um, we will uh, play a song here by a good friend at Revolve, our, our good friend uh, at the, uh, I think it's revolveband.com, and uh, Ray Sapatelli and the boys there. Uh, I got to see them, you know, live again one of these days, and they put on a good show there. So, uh, so thanks all for joining me, and uh, have a great week. Have a good Thanksgiving out there, kids. We will talk to you all very soon. Have a good day, everybody.